Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Flagrant Foul. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Juicy Fruit. What? You got Juicy Fruit? (laughs) No, I'm just fucking around. I'm not sponsored yet. But don't worry. We'll get there. Okay, let's dive in. Well, they were right. They were all fucking right. The media... The analysts, the broadcasters, from Stephen A. Smith to Colin Cowherd, they told us, they repeatedly told us, the Raptors cannot take LeBron James down. And they were fucking right. I don't know if it was ignorance on my part to block out the noise or just blind faith in this Toronto team. I mean, whatever the case, I'm over it now. The Raptors are a team of two halves, or two seasons rather. They play great cohesive basketball for most of the regular season, but when the playoffs come, they shut down. Forget about LeBron for a second. Go back to last year, when they struggled out of the gate against a mediocre Bucks team. Eventually, they beat them in six, but it wasn't done in very convincing fashion. Then you go back to this year, where they struggled against the Wizards, an eighth-seeded team. Again, they got through but they didn't do it convincingly. There's just something about the postseason that almost scares the Raptors. It just fucks with their heads. So then, you take that, you take an already shaky playoff team, and you put them in front of the greatest player in the league, fuck it, the greatest player of our generation, what happens? He fucking owns them. Not only does LeBron James physically dominate the Raptors every damn time they play, not only does he set record after record on them or hit game-winning shots while contorting his fucking body mid-air, not only does he do all of that, but he wages such an advanced version of psychological warfare on this team that they actually break and crumble and fall into a deep, dark hole with legitimately no room for escape. The optimist in me wants to say, hey, you know what? The series isn't done. If LeBron can come back from down 3-1 over the, uh, in the finals to the Warriors, why can't we do something great too? The realist in me says, fuck off. No team in NBA history in history, has ever come back from being down 3-0. None. On top of that, does this Raptors team really give you the confidence that they can do something like this? They've given absolutely zero reason to believe they're even capable of such a thing. Zero. Whatever happens Monday, whether the Raps drag it out one more game, whether they drag it out two, I'm pushing it, Whatever happens, when this series is done, the Raptors' season will go down as a failure. There's just no way to sugarcoat that. The number one team in the regular season with a franchise record 59 wins eliminated in the second round. There's no way to sugarcoat 
a disaster of a season. I'm a Raptors fan. I always have been, and I always will be. I'm not jumping ship. I can't. It's my team. But I really don't think I have it in me to emotionally invest this much time into a Raptors team again. Okay, on to greener pastures. I guess kind of literally, right? When you're talking about the Celtics. But fuck, the Boston Celtics. Holy shit. Did anybody see this coming? Anybody? I sure as hell didn't. No chance. I had Philly taking this series in seven. And I mean, while that technically could still happen, uh, it's not going to. It's not. The Celtics have carved up the Sixers. They have absolutely carved them up in every facet of the game. Listen, I love Philly. I praised Philly a couple weeks ago, and I'm not backing down from that. I still believe on paper, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are the best one-two punch in the league, but their inexperience has really come through in this series. Boston has just outmaneuvered them in every way possible. Boston's defense has been strong. They've limited Ben Simmons. Their offense has been clicking. All their players have been playing well. Jason Tatum, who's a rookie, has been on one lately. Holy shit. Speaking of rookies in these playoffs, Simmons, Mitchell, Tatum? Damn, this is one hell of a rookie class. But yeah, I mean, Tatum has been killing it. Brown, who had a hamstring injury in game one, came back, played well. Horford's been on fire. Marcus Morris has been playing well. Their bench has been solid. But... Whew. A lot of the praise has to go to Scary Terry, Terry Rozier. This kid was in the G League a few months ago. In the G League, he wasn't even supposed to make a playoff roster spot. He wasn't supposed to have a spot on this playoff team. That's insane. That's insane. It's crazy how shit works out. He went from the G League to leading arguably one of the most storied franchises, sorry, to leading arguably the most storied franchise in NBA history to the Eastern Conference Finals. Take that in for a second. That's wild. His numbers have been through the roof. And Philly, honestly, has no answer for him. None. He's been doing whatever he wants. Shooting from three, driving to the lane. He's dancing on the fucking Sixers sometimes. Dancing on them. Whew. Boy can play, man. But I think where a majority of the credit should go on Boston's side is to Brad Stevens. That guy's a mastermind, absolute mastermind. Now, there are good coaches in the league. Obviously, you know, the Greg Popoviches, the Steve Kerrs, the Mike D'Antonis of the league. Those are great coaches, Hall of Fame coaches. But I have never seen a coach adjust so well to lineup changes like Brad Stevens. He lost Gordon Hayward in the first game of the season. No problem. Kyrie, the offense is yours. Let's go win 50 games. He lost Kyrie. Before the playoffs started. You know what? Fuck it. No problem. Terry, going to give you the reins to this team. Jason, Jalen Brown, you guys are going to be on the wings. We're going to make this shit work. Look at what he's doing. He's an absolute genius. It's crazy. His after timeout plays, or ATOs as the announcers like to call them, are wild. Go on YouTube and type in Brad Stevens ATO. You'll find all these plays that he draws up during timeouts and how effective they are. 
I was watching the last game between Philly and Boston, game three. The only reason Philly lost that game, well, two reasons. Reason one was because of their careless turnovers down the stretch. They made some stupid, stupid mistakes at the very end, and that really cost them. But reason two and the main reason was Brad Stevens' adjustments. Every time he called a timeout, the Celtics either scored on the opposing play, they they stole the ball if they were playing defense, they got the, the Sixers out of their rotations. It's mind-boggling. YouTube it. Go check it out, and you'll see Brad Stevens is an absolute genius. Let's go out west and see what's good. The Rockets and the Jazz. I said last series when Utah was playing OKC that if OKC beat Utah, they would give the Rockets a much harder time than the Jazz ever could. The Jazz are a good team. They're a great team. They have a great coach. They have great defense, great role players. And Donovan Mitchell is an absolute stud. But Houston is just built differently. Houston is a championship caliber team. They haven't won anything yet with this group of guys, so I can't say they have championship pedigree, but they're on their way. They're in a different league. They, you know, they're they're going to eliminate Utah and they're looking forward to the next round. Utah did get a game in Houston, which I was very surprised by. But then the following game, Houston came back and absolutely spanked the fuck out of them. So I don't see this series going on too much longer because Houston has to really shore up for their inevitable matchup with the Warriors, which is going to be one hell of a Western Conference Finals. Speaking of the Warriors, on the other end of the West, they're over there throttling the Pelicans. The Pelicans got a decent game. And when I say decent, I mean unbelievable game from Rajon Rondo in uh, game three. He had 21 assists. That's insane. Anthony Davis dropped 33 and 18. They beasted. And they kind of came out and smacked the Warriors on their home turf in, in New Orleans, you know, as you're supposed to do. But then in game four, the Warriors came back, decided, you know what? Let's stop fucking around. Then they spanked the Pelicans. And as I'm recording this, the Warriors are up 3-1. I predicted the Warriors to take this in five, and I'm going to stand by that. I just don't see the Pelicans as good as they were last round, as well as they played against Portland. Again, the Warriors are a different beast. Steph Curry is healthy. They're getting ready for the Western Conference Finals and eventually the Finals. They are going to make quick work of New Orleans in Game 5, and that series is going to be as good as done next week. The West is more than likely, as I said, going to play out to be the Rockets and the Warriors. I can't wait for that series. But that's for another podcast. This week, we've covered all that we've had to cover. I hope you've enjoyed. There's more epic shit on the way. Stay tuned. Peace.